It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you wanna end up one or two hour show and keep the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level? Both with the topic, sort of like the rubber. When it's game time, they like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The 4 for 26, so the war ain't can wait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys, diversified and educated. What's good, War Room family? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Devin McMillan. I'm in the building with my brother, Jimmy the Blueprint. Look, man, the NBA Conference Finals are up and down affairs at this point. Uh, some all-NBA, matter of fact, all of the all-NBA teams have been announced. Um, and the NFL just made a very controversial ruling. So get your popcorn ready. Keep it locked right here. And to get in on the conversations, make sure you join us right now in the JW Philly Realty chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Or join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. You can also call us directly in about 30 minutes when we open up the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number is 323-410-0012. One last thing before we get it on and popping. Make sure that during the week when we're not live on the air, you check out archive episodes of our show at warroomsports.com, the War Room Sports mobile app, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and most other places you do your podcast listening. What up, Jim? We got we, we got a lot to rap about today because the world is again on fire. Yes, sir. What's up, man? How are you? I'm 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 straight, man. A little warm. Getting warm, but definitely. It's all good. It's all good. Uh how's your you, week you been out, so far? You ain't you, you ain't out here looking exhausted like LeBron last night, are you? Nah, nah, you know, I don't I don't show it when I get tired, you know. I, I practice a long time for the for the end of the game, so even when I'm a little tired, nobody can tell. I'm still a superhero. Okay. <laughs> Ryan, you know that that's gonna bring a whole new wave of criticism for him. Uh, because that was one of the things that he got criticized on before. But at the same time it's also gonna bring a whole new wave of um, defense for him because people are just going to keep pointing mm-hmm. to the fact. Well, I'm not going to call it a fact. Keep pointing to the notion that he doesn't have any help. So um, it should be okay for LeBron to get tired every once in a while. That's what I hear. That's what I hear. You know what's crazy, right? Yep. Cause, I mean, I don't like that adage either that he doesn't have help. But outside it's of disrespectful like magic the sport. and. <laughs> Outside of, like, Magic and Bird, I think most of our superstars have had, like, people use that as an excuse. So this is just par for the course to me when I hear that. Um, 
Right. I remember there being the time when Mike was scoring a gazillion points and he lost. And they said, you got to get Mike some help. you got to get Mike some help. Um, <clears throat> and some of those teams I thought were pretty good. I remember the time we had said they had to get him some help when he was here in Philly. Um, you know, I remember, you name it, Kobe. When Shaq left and Kobe had Smush Park, and, you know, yeah. and he was getting all those points. Same thing. I mean, it's just, this is just par for the course. When you have an all-world talent and you don't win, um, they're going to take all the criticism, but at the same time, People are going to make excuses for him. And we'll get into this in a little bit as we, uh, you know, talk who's, but. Right. I mean, you'll have a game when a team gets like 60, 70 rebounds and the superstar has like nine of them, (laughs) but he ain't had no help. (laughs) Who the hell got the rest of them rebounds? They'll have like 90 points and the superstar got like 25 of them. Like, yo, somebody had to be doing something. But I think a lot of people look for other people to have big numbers. And sometimes when you're playing alongside certain people, you know, that's just not mm-hmm. possible. That's just not possible. Yeah. But yeah. Like you said, I mean, we did, 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 did we hear the whole thing with AI not having helped his whole career? Right. Yeah. I mean, we definitely did. And then, I mean, and then it, it the, the conversation just spawns like new limbs every other day. Cause you'll have the people that say, he needs help, and then you'll have the people say, "Well, nobody can play with him," and you know the argument just goes back and forth, gets silly. Yeah, it's it's a it's a circle. Yeah. All right, so um, let's get it started. I'm, I'm tripping. I got phones ringing, text messages going off. Um, and shout out to the homie Fred Purdue because he's on the line. Fred, you can um. Call us back in. You can call back in for the segment at 6.30 when we talk about the uh, NFL. Uh, Good looking out, though. Um, All right, so we're going to talk about what happened this week while you guys were on the grind. I got your message, too, Jimmy. I I don't know what the hell I did. I thought I sent that. (laughs) I don't even have it where I am now, so we're going to have to wing this a little bit. Oh yeah, so uh, listen, I'm, 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 listen, man, I'm ready. Let's go. You got it. Uh, All right, so let's go. <laughs> Why y'all were on the grind? Of course, is brought to you by Sports the Book. Uh, tired of reading the same old sports books with the same old list rankings, imaginary starting lineups, all that subjective information being passed off as stats and facts. We'll be sure to pick up your copy of Sports. Smart people only read the sports. It's a mixture of sports and hip hop culture. Keep you on the edge of your seat. And laughing like you're watching a comedy special. Just go to sportsthebook.com or get your copy from our website at warroomsports.com. But whatever you do, just make sure you don't miss that movement. All right, so um, the uh, Bucks reserve shooting guard Sterling Brown, um, he had a video come out this week, and he's going to sue the Milwaukee Police Department because, of course. Um, body camera footage from a January 26th incident um, was released this week. And the incident shows police officers using a stun gun on Sterling Brown. Um, And then they arrested him when he was pulled over, basically being questioned for a parking violation in a Walgreens parking lot. So here we go again. (laughs) This is ironic in the same week that the, you know, NFL, excuse me, made the, ruling that they made that we're going to talk about in depth later. Um, You know, this is another black man getting pulled over for a parking or 
or driving violation, and he, he ends up being arrested, stunned, brutalized, and all kinds of stuff like that. So, like, like, what did you think when you heard this one? Like, here we go again. I mean, it's 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 it's. it's I mean, I don't want to say you get desensitized to it because you really don't. Um, because anytime an incident like this or any other incident happens, um, you 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 go through anger, you you go through your stages of grief and what have you. But it's it's. Uh, man, listen. People don't understand that what it means to be a black man in America. They think that a lot of times we cry wolf um, and we make things up. And it doesn't matter how much, like, you know, or how many incidents you have. It's, it's, it's weird because it gets to the point where, we, like, I was talking you know, to my wife and we talk about an incident. I'm like, she says, you know, the, the, the guy the cops hit. And I'm like, well, this guy? No, not that guy. No, this guy. Not that guy. Right. It's, it's so many yeah, of them. No, which that. one? <laughs> Yo, which one are you talking about? But it's, it's it's weird, man. But it's like you talk to certain people and they just don't understand. They lack empathy and they don't understand that just being you, you're considered a threat. I don't think any other <clears throat> any other uh, race or gender has to deal with that. Um, have to have to deal with just being threatened by by existing. By right. this, you're considered a threat because cops are naturally scared. Like they're real scared, but the reason they're scared is because it's already it's already in their head uh, in terms of what we mean just by existing. You know what I mean? Like in their head, right? They're going to use that I, you know, I felt threatened. You probably did feel threatened, but the reason you feel threatened has nothing to do with him or anyone else. Like I don't know the specific right. situation, but I'm talking about in general. This is just a thing. This is just a thing where being a black man, you're considered a threat by existing, and no one else has to deal with that. The black man is, is, is yo, man, the hunt is on to prey. <laughs> Shout out to Mr. Butler. No, yeah, no doubt. It, it's, it's, I mean, it's a scary thing um, because you just read about, like, all of these things start with, like, traffic stops. Like, since when has, you know, traffic stops been such a threatening thing? But like you said, they're preconceived. You know what? Like the preconceived notions, like we're already prejudged it, as a threat, no matter what or but, what but we look like. Been who we like, believe it or not, it's always been that way. And the reason that it's always been that way is because, um, like, you know, just like I know, right? Where you you could be doing nothing wrong, all your paperwork is straight. Um, are you <laughs> shook when a cop comes by? Yo, you are sh- Yo, and anyone, anyone. So cats know you should. Cat, I mean, those that know know. Like dog, I'm I'm a, I'm a square. Like I don't get into any um any sort of uh debauchery at age in, in, in this day and age that I have in the past. You know, I'm not perfect, but at the end of the day, I live a clean. I live a square, clean life. But cop pull behind me, dog, I get nervous, and I'm not even doing right. anything. Do you remember the old Martin album where Martin had that joke and he talked about how scared he gets, like you know, but then he talks about how the white man's like. <laughs> Pull right. me over for like my mom will have your ass. <laughs> Yo, that was damn near twenty years ago. That's still real. Right. Right. No, no. I mean, you you know, I mean, as soon as we started to drive, that was a problem. And it's like mm-hmm. just like just like we're prejudged by them and it's ingrained in them for us to be a threat. It's kind of ingrained in us to be shook of the police. Because, you know, we didn't really I, I well speaking for myself, like I didn't necessarily see that growing up. Like I'd never been in the car with my dad and he got harassed by a cop or anything like that. 
But when you mm-hmm. grow up where we grew up and you just understand that that's a thing. So the cops come behind you like the cops can shake you into doing something wrong when you're driving. Yeah. That's how bad it is. You could be driving cool in the lane, cop behind you. You so shook and you wondering if he just wants to get past or not. And you just you, you go to the other lane. You forget the signal or something. And then here it go. Next thing you know, you get yep. your ass whooped. Like, <laughs> it's crazy, yep. man. It's crazy. A lot of people don't understand. That's why they dismiss, you know, things like what's going on in the in the NFL, and you know they make it about what they want to make it about instead of what it's really about. Like I said, we'll get into that mm-hmm. kind of stuff later. But shout out to um, Sterling Brown. I hope he gets everything that that he's entitled to at this point. Um, that's weird because I pushed that sound bite like five minutes ago. Um, <laughs> oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have no clue. I, I hope people are hearing this, and we like, you know, I hope, I hope uh, I know, that right? was okay. You know, I don't know what's going on. Like, we probably like you know, in probably the chat like, room. Skyview, we we sound good. We we sound all right. Can you hear us? Because uh, we got late sound bites jumping off here. I don't know if we on a delay as well. Um, but until we get an answer, and he might not answer for five minutes because he might not hear the question for another five minutes. <laughs> but um. <laughs> We're going to just move on uh, anyway. All right, so Uncle Var is back in the news. Um, and, and Skyview is in there because he just commented. He said, yo, not fronting. I've been pulled over five times for no reason. You look like you didn't know where you were going. Your license plate was crooked. Uh, you fit a description of somebody we were looking for. Like, yeah, like we get those kind of bogus Reason, you know, reasons for being pulled over that, like Martin said, a white guy probably could go off on the cop and and make him stand down for doing the dumb stuff that they do when it comes to us. But people don't think it's real. Whatever, go out there and you know, you wait, know, wait till your daughter comes with people, a black boyfriend and she have a swirl child and your funny, grandchild. It's gets funny because um, <laughs> harassed. people people don't. Uh, people don't think that it's real, right? And a lot of times, it's like anything else. Like, until it hits home or you have to deal with it directly, you you generally act like you don't know. But I've gotten to the point where um, I don't even try to explain to colonizers because I understand that, like, especially ones that are closed off, I don't even waste my energy. Um, yeah. Because they, 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 they think that we're playing victim all the time. But this is so real. And it's like, I don't know how many more cases of this, um, you know, that has to happen before they understand that there was something to this. There's something it to doesn't this. matter if you're I a hope... seven NBA player in a nice car. Happened to him. Happened to Tabo Cephalosha. You know, it happens. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Anybody. They don't care, man. They just don't care, man. It's funny, right? It's not funny. It's an interesting story I heard today. So, um, my wife went to school with the, uh, with a gentleman who's a he's a colonizer, right? Um, in typical colonizer, but he ended up marrying a black woman, right? So they had a kid, and he's one of these guys. He's not really conservative, liberal, or whatever. He just, you know, he just exists in the world. But he's, you know, he doesn't fall too far left or right. But he has a black son now, and you know, they, he had a son in the uh, store. So he took him to the toy store. And, you know, he told his son to go right back, go stay, go play there. You know, um, I'll be right back. I gotta grab something from over here. Um, next thing you know, he hears a commotion. So he goes over there, 
He's like, what's going on? They're like, well, he's stealing. He's like, my son doesn't steal. He's playing with a toy in a toy store. What do you mean he's stealing? Um, I says, well, he looks suspicious, right? So he had did it finally hit him and it's going on him. And the reason I know about the story is that he literally reached out like, yo, I need help. I didn't realize until this point that I'm raising a black boy and I don't even understand this, right? But it's one of those things that okay. until it hit him at home, because to him, that's his son. That's his boy. But he had to witness it firsthand for him to, like, really say something or even feel any empathy. See, the one thing about it is, like, some people don't, like, don't, they don't bother one way or the other. But, like, you don't feel empathy either because you can't relate to it. But when it hits home, boy, you know what I'm saying? So that story, I just want to share that because that was kind of interesting to me when I heard that. I was like... And he like he was like literally reaching out like yo can anybody help me what do I need to know like what's going on like you know and it's like now you see right, what like we go through when it, when all it day home. long exactly. yeah when it home I mean, it's like, a shame it's a shame that you know that's the only way people can show empathy but sometimes it has to be that way um, and you don't and you don't wish that on anybody or their kid but sometimes that that cliche rings true like man I just wish you can walk a mile in my shoes. You know what I'm saying? No, man, you ain't never lie. And the thing about kids are kids are kids. So, and, and not to get too philosophical and off sports, but when you think about it, right, when anyone's born, whether they're, regardless of Britain, everyone knows that um, I'm as pro-black as they come. But when you think about a kid that's born, they know nothing, all right? They're born in this world, they know nothing. So for them to get to the point, they had to have some sort of experience to act this way. And what I know about white supremacy, and uh, shout out to be awesome, he's not here tonight, he's out um, doing community service. Uh, you know, stay out of the jet. But um, <laughs> what I what I do know about white supremacy is a lot of a lot of us practice it. A lot of us practice it. A lot of us don't recognize what it is. But at the same time, it it, it kind of teaches us that you know we're a threat, and it permeates, and it doesn't matter whether you're a professional athlete. Um, we'll talk later about the NFL and their decision. But these are crazy times we're living in, man. It's just crazy times. No doubt, no doubt. Um, and just a little bit more about that story. The 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 video wasn't even it didn't even come out until Wednesday. But Milwaukee Mayor Tom Barrett and the police chief Alfonso Morales, they both saw the video ahead of time and they were really concerned about public backlash over the officer's conduct. So they know. They knew when they saw it, like this 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 isn't right. Our city is about to get hammered for this. Um, coincidentally, I haven't even watched the video yet. Um, I probably should have done that before we got on the air, but you know, time becomes a, <laughs> a BS sometimes. So I haven't even watched it to see how bad it was. But if you have the mayor out here trying to get in front of the story, but not even like with excuses or nothing, basically saying, "Yeah, we're gonna be in for it once this happens." Um, you know that it was probably something that was way unnecessary. So he just said, you know, you know it's I'm crazy. Be, he's like, it was unnecessarily escalated, and I'm going to be honest and transparent about the situation. So we'll see how it is going forward, and, you know, I'll, I'll give my reaction when I see it. Um, but, yeah, that, that's crazy. What are you about to say, Jim? What was crazy about the situation, right, is the fact that, you know, as an officer, you got to be salty when you find out, like, hold up, he, he play professional ball? Like, <laughs> even if you right. are a scumbag officer. <laughs> like, this is going to be, like, bitter news. 
Yeah, but then it, on the flip side, like when this happens to someone who you know as a professional athlete, what do you think? What do you think? How do you? How many times do you think this goes? You know, un, um, how many times do you think it's put under the rug? But it's just a regular right. everyday Joe. Exactly. You know exactly. what I mean? Like that's crazy. now he on blizz ass. <laughs> and if you played mm-hmm. your cards right, probably could have got you some bucks tickets. Noodle. All right. <laughs> So what else happened while you guys were on the grind? Uh, like I was telling Jimmy earlier, Uncle Var is back in the news, LeVar Ball. Um, his league is set to kick off um, sometime soon, but the price tickets for his JBA league, um, which went on sale Monday, uh, they raised some eyebrows. So the fans are basically let – me, let, me, let me tell you where they start. Um, and, and first of all, the league is going to feature LaMelo Ball, his son, and no top 100 recruits. And this league, if you don't remember, I was talking about it before, it's an alternative to the NCAA. He's going to give kids a paycheck. They don't have to go to college. They can spend that year playing ball before they enter the NBA draft. But in his opening season, he has yet to land a top 100 recruit because and, – and we talked about this, Jimmy. It's going to be hard right now, even though we talk about this so much and people have so much to say about colleges and the vitriol that we spew with them, it's going to be hard to pry these kids and their mindset away from going to college. Because even when you see it now with somebody going overseas, it's only about, you know, three or four guys per year, only one, maybe two at the most, like big name guys doing it per year. So it's going to be hard to pry people away from the status quo you know, from what they're used to. We talked about this a long time ago with like HBCUs and how the talent used to be yeah. there, but now the big time schools are considered the, the predominantly white universities. And it would be hard. It would be a great idea if guys started going back to HBCUs and building up those programs and getting those programs money, but it's going to be so hard to pry people away from this mindset. LeVar Ball is attempting to do that but his tickets for the June 21st session in Ontario, California, start at $40, and they go for as much as $99 per ticket before online fees that you get when you buy tickets. So people were thinking, okay, you got your son and no top 100 recruits, and you're charging $40 to $100 for tickets. I, when I saw it, I did think to myself, Jim, I'm like, yo, I can go see a pretty middle of the road NBA team for those prices. For the for the ninety nine dollars, I can be sitting in like the third yep. row at some bad arenas. Like before this year, like all of us could have got into a Sixers game for ninety nine dollars and been and and had pretty good seats. So, <laughs> what do you think yep. about these ticket prices for players that nobody may not be checking for outside of scouts? Who should probably get in for free? I think that I think that Lavar is either a genius, an insane person, or both. Um, <laughs> Most geniuses are kind of weird, like, insane, and quirky. Yeah, like, yeah, this dude, man, like, because he's going to get a coverage of it because he's he, who he is. Like, people, it's one of those things where we live in a um, society now where you know attention is, is a currency, so. People will pay and cover this to do nothing but bash it. Yet at the same time, they want to give this energy. 
You know what I'm saying? That's what's going to be crazy about it. What's going to be crazy about it, people will go, and I don't know how long he's going to be able to sustain or even like be able to pull this business off because it all depends upon, at the end of the day, what the end product is. Um, and it's going to be hard, as you mentioned, to get the top flat talent, but what what kind of games can you put out there? And I mean, because essentially you're charging for high school games for the most part, which are free. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, because this this is this could be like glorified AAU, and I was on my way to an AAU game Saturday before I found out it was twenty five dollars. So that's in a gym. That was in a a community college gym. Let me give you some some uh, some comparisons here. They said through the twenty sixteen seventeen season, for example, only the Warriors, Cavs, Lakers, Spurs, and Knicks have have average ticket prices that exceeded. $99. $99. And this is according to Vivid Seats. Um, and, you know, those teams have world-class superstars on them. Um, and, like, and like I was saying earlier, you have to kind of be a good team to even charge those kind of prices. And you got the Warriors, Cavs, Spurs, the Lakers, and Knicks. Their ticket prices are always going to be high because of where they are. The demand, no matter how yeah. bad they are, is always going to be there. They're always going to have sold-out arenas. And, and, you know, the cost of living in those places are crazy. They said even the G League team sold tickets in the $10 range. And that's true because I've been to a few uh, – I've been – me and uh, Doc Bay went to a G League game down in the Dallas area one time, and that ticket didn't cost us any more than $10 a piece. How, now, how, how was the competition? That's a question. I, I never, I've actually never been to a G League game. So my question to you is, like, how entertaining was it? Was it, like, quality basketball, or were you like, yo, this is trash? Uh, see – it's a difficult question to ask because first of all, you know how we don't see Doc Bay that much. So the basketball arena was basically a backdrop for us talking and catching up the whole time. So from what I remember, I don't remember anything that was too entertainment. And entertainment is subjective, Jim, because I think people are entertained by names. Like this Mm -hmm. same level of basketball, if it was, you know, some stars that we knew if it was some dudes from the Mavericks, then it would probably, we would probably put up with the same boring game and call it entertaining versus I don't know this dude here. You know what I'm saying? Um, I I think they had people who had been called up to the Mavericks, but nobody that anybody would really know. So, you know, I, I would basically say that we got what we paid for. They tried to have entertainment in the arena to, to supplement the game that you might not be too interested in, but nah, it wasn't terribly entertaining, but I will be first to tell you, you know, I'm shallow enough myself. to know. had those been some names, we probably would have paid it more mind. You know what I mean? Basketball at, now, at some now, point, basketball is basketball. Unless, but with that playing. same Shout thing, with that same thing being yeah, said, isn't that what, <laughs> is, what this is going to suffer from? What you just said that that probably will be the reason this suffers because people are like, I'm not paying 40, 50. I'm, I'm going to do a range like your man, 40, 50, 90, a hundred dollars for people that I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. here's a quote from a father of one of the JBA players, Kizo Brown. He said, one thing looked a little funny. If you get any endorsements, you get 60% and the JBA keeps 40%. They're all going to – they're going to sell Kizo's jersey. They charge like 450 for shoes. So who knows what they will charge for jerseys 
as long as Kizo plays well, I don't think he will have a hard time selling 10,000 jerseys. So they're telling, you know, on top of these ticket sales, bar keep 40% of anything you make <laughs> with your name on it, which I'm saying in comparison to college, Kizo's pop can't really complain because in college, yeah. you ain't getting none of that. <laughs> this is true. So you're getting 40% of it. So, yeah. You really can't complain, but I think what his point is, they might be trying to charge like a lot of money for jerseys since they charging four hundred and fifty dollars for sneakers. They might be trying to charge too much for jerseys, and he might not be able to sell as many as he like because don't nobody know Kizo but <laughs> whatever Yo. I just said his last name, I got it that quick, which makes my point. <laughs> So, you know, they're going to they're gonna need some, like, sports center highlights or something. It's interesting. I mean, I think in, in his clothing line and sneakers, even though, you know, some people buy that stuff, but I think for him to be the major player that he wants to be and all of this stuff, like, he has to adjust his initial price point. Like, you just came out, dog. You know what I'm saying? And more power to you. If I was a baller, and that's what he says, if you ain't a baller, you can't mess with big baller brand. If I was a baller, <laughs> I would buy – some mellows. I'm saying mellows because his shoes look better than Lonzo's. I would buy some mellows just because I had it. You know what I'm saying? J- and just to support. Mm-hmm. But, you know, your price for it. I, I think you, I think there's a lot of cats like us out there who would like to support. <laughs> but the, yeah, the price I just, is. I ain't paying five though. I, I didn't already pay like Scottie a t-shirt that came the wrong size. So. <laughs> Scottie in the chat room said that Vegas used to have a D-League team. And he said the game was pretty lit. He said the coaching staff at the time, he was watching Bernie Bickerstaff was coaching against Lionel Hollins. So yeah, he, he, and, and like that, even the coaches. Like, if there's somebody there you know, your interest goes up. So you'll probably think the same product is more exciting just because you know somebody. It's weird like that, but that's human. Yeah. <laughs> human beings is just starstruck like that, I guess. All right, so we'll see how that league goes. More power to him. We're always in his corner, but we will call him out when he's doing something silly. So I hope you get your get your money, Unc Var. All right, so we, we, we've talked to, about the flat earthers. We talked about Kyrie Irving. I mean, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving. Kyrie <laughs> and how he believes the, I like that the world nickname. is flat. I know, that's his new nickname. <laughs> that nickname Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving. So there's, there's an NBA <laughs> prospect, Lonnie Walker, from the University of Miami, from the U. Um, and we're going to ask Fred about this when he comes to talk NFL with us <laughs> about his homeboys. But he, this dude, and he never elaborated on it, so we can only speculate and clown ball off what he said and not what he meant because he couldn't elaborate on what he meant. He says the earth is an illusion, but he thinks it's still round. So mm. if the earth is an illusion, then what are we? That's 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 my mm, we plugged into the matrix is what we are. We must be. But even the dudes plugged into the matrix were real people laying there in the chairs. What the hell are we? Were they though? <laughs> were they though? <laughs> we just we just movies inside of Yo. movies. We just Star Trek. I don't know what we are if the Yo. Earth is an illusion. So Yo. I, Yo. So, so ain't too many bars on. we can have on this. But yeah, really <laughs> I mean, I don't know what this is other than salute to him for voicing his opinion. Um, and he's, salute he's to him having the heart to, to like, voice his opinion. 
Yo, it's like a JJ Reddick <laughs> podcast. Yo, JJ Reddick, JJ Reddick has a podcast, and JJ Reddick is like a huge conspiracy theorist. So like, most of his podcasts end him like pontificating about like locks. Um, so that's what it reminded me of, and I'm pretty sure that once JJ saw that quote, JJ's definitely going to reach out and try to get him on his show. Um, You're right. If you, if you never listened to any episode, uh, he I, I heard a, episode, I heard a clip from it. Just listen to the John, listen to the John with him and Kyrie Irving, you know, because Kyrie was on there, and you'd be like, "Yo, is that the one where he said What's going on? he thinks there's a possibility that we're living in a complex computer simulation like the Matrix?" <laughs> yeah, he mentioned that on there, and he also mentioned how dinosaurs never existed; and they aren't real. I mean, so, somebody could know. make a case to me about that, and I could, I could get with it. I mean, because a lot of stuff about dinosaurs, even if dinosaurs were real. Because my son is really into this, so he knows everything about a lot of dinosaurs and the detail in which they write about dinosaurs in books, like what they ate and what they may have sounded like and and all that kind of stuff and how fast they Mm -hmm. ran and stuff like that. How the hell you know that from finding some some bones? Half the time you don't find bones. Grimlock Grimlock was real to me. (laughs) No doubt. The dinobots were definitely real. But it's like they have a lot of details out there, and I think I don't disbelieve that the dinosaurs were here, but I'm but I'm starting to disbelieve in some of these details that they have about the dinosaurs. How the hell you know that? You're just saying I have to make this interesting <laughs> because your job wouldn't be interesting if you only had a few facts or a few opinions and you just threw it out there like that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's 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 a weird thing, but. That's what's up. Shout out to him, man. Um, I hope he elaborates one day so he just won't sound like a total idiot. So, Come on, Lonnie Walker. Tell us what you meant. Maybe he will go on JJ. I'll tell you what. And, and show JJ about I'll it. tell you one thing. I wasn't really familiar with Lonnie Walker until he said that, so it works. I worked a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he. Hey, maybe he'll get drafted. <laughs> the illusion guy. But get drafted into what, though? The NBA ain't real because the earth ain't real. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Ruben Foster of the 49ers um, This dropped late last week But we didn't get it in enough time To talk about it on the last show and I see we got some callers on the line Hold on because we're about to get to Fred And the topic that Fred is coming to talk with us with, We'll definitely take calls during that Because it's the most important topic of the week So give us a few minutes um, So the uh, Aly- Alyssa Ennis The former girlfriend of Linebacker Ruben Foster testified last Thursday in a preliminary hearing and said that Foster indeed never put his hands on her and that she lied to, lied a lot, that's her quote, to authorities about an alleged domestic violence incident. Now, we, we talked about this off air at one point. We were like, oh, you know, sometimes when people walk back their words, either they were promised some riches or, you know, it, not even that sometimes. Sometimes you just, like, this is the cycle of relationships. I've seen people get abused, women, men, physically, verbally, mm-hmm. however, and they always seem to find their way back to that person. Like, I had to learn that the hard way, not even firsthand, but secondhand. Like, you know, when you want to defend a family member because somebody might be doing something that's not right, and you're ready to go lay the, the, the smack down and... I got pulled over by an old head one day, you know, and, you know, where we from, Jimmy? It's not going to sound like super intelligent and super articulate. 
you know, they tell you in the terms that you understand when you're a young boy. Bo was telling me that it's the power of the D. <laughs> and <laughs> this is what he told me, dog. He was like, yo, you can't get all mad, run down there, put your hands on this dude, risk your freedom and all of that kind of stuff. And then you don't understand why, why, you know, you're going through the repercussions of that. This person is right back with that dude. He's like, it's the power mm-hmm. of the D. So as I get older, I can internalize that. I can make it more articulate. I understand exactly what he was trying to say, but you know how I always mm-hmm. get back then. They just told you. They talked to you in street lingo. And Bo said, it's the power of the D. He's like, don't even get involved in that kind of stuff. So you think about it, like it could be something like that. But she basically said, because he broke up with her, she wanted to ruin him. So I guess she thought she was mm-hmm. in for you know, a life of riches because she was on track to be married to an NFL linebacker. And when he broke up with her, <laughs> she, she did all kinds of stuff. She said she admitted to previous lies. Um, she stole money from him. She stole two Rolex watches from him. And then the kicker was going to the police with this trumped up story about him putting his hands on her. And it apparently never happened. This is dangerous, man. We get wow. thoughts on this. Dangerous grounds, man. There's too much going on right now. Wow. People making stuff up like this because you're messing with the credibility of real people who are going through real things. I mean, this is crazy, man. Because I guess until like, because I don't know if the story said this. What happened to her now that she admitted this? Right, and that's what I wanted to know as well. At this point, I think it, it was just a testimony. But I'm pretty sure some charges could be brought up on her. But I'm wondering, you know, and I, I have I'm not versed in law whatsoever. I'm wondering if he has to bring the charges up or, you know, could they just do it like, you know, that's not right. <laughs> no, I don't think he you could. Not, I mean, just civilly, but I mean, criminally, they could. But until they start doing that, like, that's going to be an issue. Like, I, I had I had a, <clears throat> a friend who – um. A chick said that uh, he me tooed her and was completely lying and admitted to it later that the reason she did that is because um, basically she was uh, cheating on her. And wow. but she admitted it. Really to find out. See about it. Yeah, and, and so he got crazy. Here's the, crazy the boy, the boy got dragged out his crib, like locked up in front of everybody, taken in. Um, but once the chick admitted it, because she felt guilty, because it, it kind of just went too far. Um, but he had to live with the fact that he got dragged out of his crib and called in for that. And because we scumbags, people to this day still mess with him like, yo, you took And everybody know that he didn't do it. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> but y'all still, y'all still chick, he, about it. <laughs> yo, but, this, but this is a chick that he used to always, yeah, I mean, but she was married. I mean, you know, so and then, and, you know, I'm going to leave that alone. But anyway, my point yeah. is, um, nothing happened to her, though. She yeah, admitted I mean, they don't. let go. They dropped. They dropped all charges, but nothing happened to her. And I remember, ruin your, I, I remember your life because ruin somebody else's life because you, you know, risking ruining your own. Like that ain't that wasn't his fault. Exactly, but but you know, I think about that because it's like until something happens to the female that does that, and I don't want to victim blame because but at the same time, when people lie like that, you are making it more difficult for the people that really need this help and are really going through this, like you previously mentioned, like. People are really out here getting harmed. 
and no doubt. You know, it's a, it's a bad situation all the way around, man. All right. Well, shout out to Ruben Foster. Um, I'm pretty sure the league has no grounds because, you know, whether he was charged or not, the league was going to do their own thing. Um, I'm pretty sure at this point the league has no grounds to do anything whatsoever unless they find a video. <laughs> so mm-hmm. shout out to Ruben Foster. Um, his season, career, life <laughs> won't be in jeopardy over this particular thing, but we got some more stuff to get to about the NFL, and we're going to get Fred Perdue on with us in a second, but um, not before we give a few birthday shout-outs, and the birthdays are brought to you by the creator, so thank the creator if you're having a birthday. Um, you didn't do that by yourself. Shout-out to the Hall of Famer, yeah, Jim, Hall of Famer, Tracy McGrady. <laughs> he turned 39 years old. Baseballer Brad Penny, he's 40. Rich Rodriguez turns 55, and shout out to another basketball Hall of Famer, one of the greatest who's ever done it on both sides of the ball, Joe Dumars, turns 55 years old. Shout out to Joe Dumars. He is the line of demarcation (laughs) when it comes to war room sports and our Hall of Fame, our HOF or (laughs) FOH. Joe Dumars is the standard. By which we the go du- by the Duke line. <laughs> All right, so um, real quick, you guys can uh, check out our website at warroomsports.com. But if you want to call in and speak with us about this this situation that's going on in the NFL, you can dial the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number is three two three four one zero 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 one two. Press one when prompted. And if you're already listening from your phone, just press one if you want to talk. And this is Hot Topics. Hot Topics are brought to you by my bookie. Um, what up, y'all? Let, let's for a second before we get Fred on the line. Let's talk cheddar and how much of it you can make betting on sports contests at my bookie. Uh, the, the NBA Conference Finals are chugging along. The NHL Stanley Cup Finals are upon us. So if you haven't checked them out, this is a great time to do so. You can lay down some dough on the biggest games in sports. Join us and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag, .com.ag. You tired of betting um, and then getting a runaround when you win? That's why we urge you to try mybookie. No ass betting over here. You win, they pay real fast without any hassles. You're wasting your time betting your money anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting. So you can place wages after tip-off, kick-off, face-off, whatever sports you're betting on. Join now, and MyBookie will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. Just use the promo code WARROOM, all caps, W-A-R-R-O-O-M, to activate this offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. Play, win, get paid, period. And we're going to welcome the homie Fred Perdue uh, of Quick Slants and Cover 2 from the War Room Sports Podcast Network that will one day be back up and running. You guys just got to keep holding tight. We get, I ain't going to say hundreds, but we get tens of questions every day about when the rest <laughs> tens of the show of questions. Is back up on, on the line, on the, uh, not the line, on the network. We're working on that, y'all. Um, but Fred, what's going on, good brother? Welcome. As usual. What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing? We're good, man. We're good. A lot of stuff happening. Big topic in the NFL this week, and I know you wanted to get in on this conversation that we're going to have about that. Um, Jim, you, you as well, you know, 
that the ruling came down by a unanimous mm-hmm. vote by the NFL owners. Um, and I have to I have to put a disclaimer to that. The vote was unanimous, but allegedly a 49ers owner abstained from voting. So even though we're getting the you know the report that it's unanimous and all 32, uh, supposedly the 49ers um, owners abstained from the vote. But they've unanimously approved a new national anthem policy that requires players to stand if they're on the field during the performance, but gives them the option to remain in the locker room if they prefer. This ruling was announced on Wednesday. What do you guys think about this new policy? And Tobias, we see you on the line. We're going to let you on. And in about 30 seconds, right after these dudes get warmed up, we will let you join the conversation as well. Thoughts, fellas. The coward. I started off. I started off, and I'll tell you, man, it, this one when it when I saw this come across the wire, I was like, wow. Just it, I was kind of shocked because I, I knew that the knife was already the players already were had the knife in their back, but then then the owners decided to just twist and twist, and then they just decided to just go ahead and put it all the way through their heart because. I mean, it, it literally is, at this point, the NFL owners know what they're doing, and then when you have your president, number 45, uh, ch- chirping in about this, it really becomes a thing. It's really now showing who, he, who they stand with, and quite honestly, none of this, as we all know, none of this has to do with anything that they're trying to put a narrative toward. Um, it has nothing to do or with Fred, the military. Even, even if it doesn't I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to put a flag on you because you sound like the Matrix just took you away. An organization. (laughs) Flag on the play, 15 yards. That you're getting tilted a little bit. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I can't. We can't. Nothing you saying, Dad. But 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 like. This this is, I mean, everyone knows who listens to the show that I haven't watched NFL and I'm not going to watch it either. Um, but this is just more an embarrassment right? because you're, it, it's got it. Like you, you're, you're trying to draw a line in the sand, and you're you're saying basically that you're not a patriot if you don't stand for a song. And um, it's kind of disrespectful that you don't that people can understand um, the complexities and of of everyday life that you have to do this. I can't. I, I really can't believe this is happening. Like, it's a joke. And and for me, what I will say, I will give credit to one NFL owner. Uh, the Jet owner decided that he said he'll pay any fines that are given out if any of his players decide to take a knee for or take a knee or anything. I can I can live with that. Um, I can live with that simply because you're actually stepping out and saying something. Now we don't know what he thinks privately, but if you are doing, if you're trying to gain a little bit of of confidence, if you're trying to get it back in the good graces, this is how you get back in the good graces of your players. But mm-hmm. the NFL owners, as, as a as a whole, we see what's going on, and I I mean I even see how it was said. Oh, if you got you guys to sit in in the locker room. You can do all of this. You can sit in the locker room if you don't, if you want to. That's kind of like, well, it's, we're not going to just completely tell you to do one, completely tell you don't kneel. 
we'll give you a little, we'll throw you a bone, but in reality, it's still a slap in the face. Can y'all can y'all hear me now? Next can. Oh, welcome okay. back to the world of the, uh, <laughs> to the land of the living. <laughs> I was in, I got lost in the illusion. Look, oh, yeah. you brought up you. You brought up the Jets owner, but I kind of think that he's playing both sides of the fence because you have to remember this was a unanimous vote. So if your thing is I don't want to censor my players, I'm going to pay their fines for them, then what the hell did you vote for it for? That's the part that I don't understand about that. It's like he's trying to be a hero at this point, but at the same time you voted for this. So unless unless he comes out with more explanation about that, like – Right now, uh, for me, I'm in the, uh, you know, we don't believe you, you need more people. Well, we don't believe you, you need more people. Exactly. And see, for me also when I look at it, I look at how when the Carolina Panthers were just recently bought, um, David Tepper, he actually was a minority owner of the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, but he's also, he was part of that NFL owner's circle. They they pretty much put him in. They said, hey, well, we'd rather you be a be the owner here. We'll take your bid, even though he underbid on, on the sale, simply because he fits the – he goes with a lot of the things that they're saying. So I wonder, did he have any part of this vote too? Because he, he on one side of things, he called Donald Trump, a.k.a. 45. He said, you know, he's a, he's a sadistic narcissist. narcissist. Um, and he's trash, basically, and yet you're was he a part of this vote, essentially? Right. So it makes you. There's a lot of different moving pieces in this, and NFL owners, um, they stick together. They're billionaires. They they're going to stick together in this. And quite honestly, I for me, what I hate is the narr- the narrative that is spun is uh, that it's about the military and about being a being a American. It has nothing to do with that. It has absolutely right. nothing to do with that I mean, we're gonna because keep, of the fact that we're going to keep, like, just dismissing and ignoring what the protests were really about. And that's why, like, because, you know, when, when this when this story came, came down, down, like, I, I had to, to sit back, back before, before I reacted. And, and I, I, hold on, I got to echo. Yo, I you got to sit back before echo. I reacted, and I basically had to, <laughs> you know, try to compartmentalize every part of it before I jumped out there the wrong way. But you think about the concessions that they tried to give you. Okay, we're not going to make you be out there for the national anthem. Okay, but at the Mm -hmm. same time, if that's the bone you're going to throw me, if that's the caveat to the whole thing, then it still doesn't satisfy me because I was never out there to protest the national anthem anyway. I wanted to be seen for what my cause was really it's about. Statement, so me not being on the, the sideline, that's not a statement. That's not a protest because if you're not out there, you know, they're not going to know that you're not out there unless they're going to let me make a big-ass sign and sit it next to my teammates and say Devin is in the locker room and I'm protesting. No, you know what I'm saying? They're not no. going to allow you to do that. They just want you, all right, you're either going to be out here or you're not. And now for I mean, me, we, we, I, we, I've seen – I've seen things like even from your from your Super Bowl champion Eagles. I gotta gotta be respectful. Um, not from Jenkins safety. He actually uh, said that he wasn't really going to do anything this uh, this uh, coming season. But now because of that, he's going to. They're considering another way of doing a gesture because you, if you can't kneel, well, I can throw a fist in the air. Or I can do something else. I mean, you can't stop everything. 
And at the, at the end of the day, I've always said, as a, the players in general, what are you going to do? Suspend the whole NFL? The whole NFL um, I was about to say, all, if, if they do you, something for it, they for, need to do it. They need to get big groups together and do something. They, exactly. Yeah, like what you're going to do? You're going to suspend and all it, of us? And, and, and it should be star players should be leading it. The Richard Shermans, the, the Von Millers of the world, those are the guys that – the high money play. You can't have the Alan Hearns of the world. I, and, I, and, and nothing against a guy like Alan Hearns, just giving a name. Right. Um, nothing against a guy like that, but he's not a big enough marquee Shoot. name. But if you throw right, Mar- and you, you can't have guy, the you can't have a fifty third man on the roster who just got up from the practice exactly. squad doing it either because he's expendable. It, like exactly. really, like, the big money players. And you sure. naming Richard Sherman and all of those type of cats. Yeah, it need to be. Uh, your quarterback of the world. Yeah, I'm about to say it need to be your Tom Brady's and your uh, Drew Brees. Tom Brady's not doing that. Ben Roethlisberger. My, my quarterback. <laughs> yeah, it need to be them dudes standing with their brothers that they go to bat with every day. You know what I'm saying? If you exactly. care about them dudes like that, then you should care about the fact that they care about people dying in the streets. And this has nothing to do exactly. with the national anthem. But we're gonna keep and, letting and them push what that goes, narrative. What's 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 crazy in all of this is the um. The tape, the, the Alton Sterling tape uh, came out, and that was even that was even, and then the Sterling Brown thing with the with the with the Milwaukee Bucks. All of this is coming out in light of all of this. It's like this is why we can we have evidence, we have video. It's not like we have hearsay. We got video of this, so it really sh- it's very telling of why players can point out the why why we have this. Colin Kaepernick may have been the martyr for all of this, but and he he'll never probably play in the NFL again. But at the end of the day, um, if you have big name players that are really about what they're saying, uh, do more. Show take over the NFL. Your use your voice, use your influence. At the end of the day, what are they going to do? Cut you? Right. All right. Well, let are me get, are um, they really going to cut their money? So. <laughs> we got the homie Tobias waiting on the line. I know he want to. Uh, Say some stuff, <laughs> so we gonna get him Don't on. <laughs> Tobias, what's going what's, on, good brother? You're in the war room, man, 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 man. What's going on, gentlemen? What's up? How are you? I sir? know you got some some bars for this particular topic. First thing thought? I'm gonna say is that that latest episode of Bama Cut is real great. Shout out LeBron, but uh, real good epic episode. <laughs> but uh, but here's the thing. All right, guys. None of this would have been an issue right now if Colin Kaepernick had a shot in camp when someone brought him in camp last season. None of this would have been an issue because the NFL, they keep talking about their fans. Let's just, let's just be honest here. They're talking about white people because they never talked about those black fans who said, hey, I'm not watching until Colin Kaepernick gets a chance in camp, not guaranteed a job, but at least a damn chance. They never talk about those fans. They never bring that up, but they bring up white people. And that's just showing you, like, how America is, where they don't really care about black people's money. They don't care how black people feel because black people have no alternative. But here's the thing with this whole anthem thing, right? I'm a veteran. I used to serve for 12 years until I got hurt. White people used to, when they, when they used to play the anthem around Reveille, like, 6, 630 in the morning, and, like, the, the uh, retreat, the Star Spangled Banner retreat song at 5 o'clock. For people who don't know, your car, you got to stop your car. If you're in your car, you got to stop your car, all that. Or if you stand outside, you got to stand outside, eat in uniform and salute, or put your hand, you know, stay in attention. 
So many white folks will run inside at 459 when they know that song is coming up. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and they talk about the players. Oh, you can stay in the locker room. Let's just say, like, my Buccaneers, like Jameis Winston and Mike Evans, Gerald McCoy in the locker room, right? They come out. All the fans are going to see them walk out of the locker room. They ain't stand for the anthem. How is that going to make it better? <laughs> I mean, that's too hard you didn't come out. You, you know how the people feel right now. So if you don't come out, I mean, you're not really trying to make it better. You don't care what it looks like. But I see what you're saying yeah. from an NFL's perspective. How's that going to make yeah. it better? Because people are still going to look at the individuals who they feel are doing Think about this, guys. Like, I know about the Sterling Brown like that. Tamir Rice was a 12-year-old boy who got killed, murdered on camera in like two seconds. And that cop walked and he got another job. There was a brother on the Browns that wore a shirt tight just for Tamir Rice. And all the police and white people were mad. And this was a 12-year-old child. But as soon as white people get shot at a high school, they want us to feel sorry for them. But they ain't feel sorry for our children who get killed. But they, but there's no compassion for us. There's no we want policy for us. But we got people, and I'll say this real quick, and I'm going to piss off some people out there. White people love Malcolm Jenkins, if you notice that. Not, not, not hating the guy, but I'm going to be honest about this. They love Malcolm Jenkins, the white folks reference him, because he makes white people feel comfortable. There's a lot of guys like John Lewis. Uh, what's this, Andrew Young, they made white people feel comfortable. Barack Obama made white people feel comfortable. They love those people. But when you like a Colin Kaepernick who said, hey, this is what it's about, he was eloquent, articulate in what he said it was about. And that shows that they don't give a damn. They keep saying that, oh, it's about Eric, the right time or place. Well, damn it, when is the right time or place? We tried everything. We pulled up a pants. We went to school. We stopped listening to rap music. We did everything. It ain't changing nothing. I feel you. I have an interesting story that I actually heard this morning. Um, listening to radio, they were talking about this. We were listening to sports radio. They're talking about it everywhere. Shoot, I was listening to the Russ Parr show. Shout out to him. Um, a guy called up. Um, he's a Baltimore Ravens season ticket holder. So he talked about when they were about to sign Kaepernick last year. They said he was in the building, um, ready to sign his contract. They said the owner sent out an email to all the ticket to the season ticket holders. Everybody who had a PSL, he sent an email asking them, like, how would you feel if we signed Colin Kaepernick? And the guy said 76% of the people they emailed said if they sign Colin Kaepernick, then they're going to sell their PSLs. So he panicked. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that we ha- you still have to remember the NFL is a business, and you have to remember right. who, who, who's buying these tickets. Because right. I can tell you, if you honestly believe that um, people that look like you and I are the ones that are buying these tickets and filling these stadiums. I got a bridge in Brooklyn, I can tell you. No, and I, and I understand that. And that's what he said. You know, he basically he, he basically did a quick poll of his season ticket holders. 76% of them said, do it if you want, and we'll sell our tickets. And he panicked, and, and he didn't sign. It, we, we know that a lot of human beings have way more bark than bite 
But then, like, when you look at it from that perspective, when you're, when you're the business owner and it's your money that's invested in all of this, like, you can understand why you don't want to have anything to do with this. But still, you cannot be against in any way the people who actually make that money from for you. You know what I'm saying? Because those guys, regardless of the fans, like, those are the ones who put the fans in the seat. The fans don't come to see the owners. <laughs> Yeah, here's so, one thing also. That's Baltimore. You might want to make them happy first. Freddie Gray but I guess got you don't murdered have out there well, in Baltimore. Real quick, real quick, real quick. I was about last point. I was about to say, but maybe you don't have to worry about making them happy because they're not really going to do anything about it. There's not a lot of guys who are going to forego their check to stand with this issue. So I guess you really do have to listen to the fans instead of <laughs> the players. Go ahead, somebody. Ultimately, yeah. it comes, what it comes down to is the fact that if it doesn't affect you directly, the issues don't affect you. You don't care too much. If you flip the, you you flip the, of the issue, <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Think about this. I'll say these two quick things. Freddie Gray got murdered in Baltimore. Now, white folks ain't bothered about that one, obviously. Uh, nah. But you remember, like, here's the thing. I'll bring up these two points. See, white people only care what happens to white people. You remember when that black cop in Minnesota shot that white woman? That was how quick that he got charged of murder. He can almost go to prison. There were two black cops who shot at a white guy in, New, in Louisiana, killed a six-year-old son in the process. The, co- the dad was a career criminal running from the police. On a, happened on a Sunday by Friday, both were charged of murder. All the information was out there. And one of them got 40 years. I think the other one's getting 40 years, too. That's wrapped up within a year. No grand jury testimony. So when it comes to white people, they get the justice. It's happening. But when it happens to us, there's no justice. Oh, I forgot this. In Utah, where that nurse got roughed up by those white, white nurse got roughed up by those white cops. Oh, she got justice for that, too. We don't get the justice. <laughs> That's why black people protest in these streets because black people don't get justice. White people don't protest because white people generally get justice. Yeah, but they've uh, basically commandeered our protest and made it about the anthem. So now we have rules that that have come down. And I, like Jimmy said, right off the bat, man, I, I think it's a real coward move um, by the NFL. I don't know. I just don't even know what else to say about it. Um, the owners the really, and, we, and whether it was intimidation from Trump, because what I was trying to say before I got, uh, before I had the technical difficulties, when Trump comes at you, like he doesn't just, you know, say something slick to you. He basically threatens to find a way to get you shut down. <laughs> <laughs> and he also so brings in the legion of trolls seriously. with him, so that is, that doesn't help either. Yeah, yeah. Interesting situation. <laughs> uh, Tobias, you got anything else before we let you go? Yeah, I'll say this, man. Thanks for taking my call. And here's the thing. Those people get when they see the tickets. There are thousands of fans waiting to buy season tickets, to be honest. Kyle Kaepernick wasn't even going to play. Joe Flacco never gets hurt. <laughs> so he wasn't going to even play. He was just going to be a backup. They don't want – see, what happens is white people, white society likes it when you're a gratiator, like the Malcolm Jenkins of the world, the Cam Newtons of the world, when you're gratiating, making them feel comfortable. That is the problem with us 
as our black men with money, like our black men athletes with money who have generational wealth are too afraid. And I'll say this real quick. I can't tell folks to do with their money. A lot of them don't have generational wealth. Um, I agree with you, but but the fact of the matter is, like, everything is not about money. At some point, you have to have some gonads so you and decide and, that, and, you know, you, you stand for yeah, more you got than, than a little bit and, of bread. And, and Jimmy, I'll say this real quick. And the thing is, also, what white people, this is what white people don't get about black people. Uh, let's say if Jimmy's a millionaire, right? Jimmy's mama ain't a millionaire. Jimmy's brother ain't a millionaire. I don't know your family situation. His cousin ain't millionaire. Everyday working people. Where they still no, get, they may not live in a gated community. White people, even though they may not be rich, they don't have these same problems. They have social capital. They able to get a loan and stuff, but anyway, showing up. We have family members, like let's say the average athlete, right? Black athlete. Their family members still live in rec- working class, working poor, living in neighborhoods, all that stuff. What white people doing say, well, you good. Why are you, why are you worried about it? But yet white, white people, white supremacy is a team sport. They act as a team, as a collective. But they want to make no, sure we're separated. And too many black folks keep falling for that, saying, hey, I ain't black. I'm an individual. Get that bell but ready, hey, Get that bell ready. First, hey, but mm-hmm. you guys have a good one, man. I, I, All right, man. We're going to let you. Real time, that is that uh, white white supremacy is a religion, and like we can stat we can we can state facts and figures. I mean, to 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 like you know talk about what he just said. Um, that college graduate on average makes less than a white person that graduates from high school. That's a fact. That's a statistic. But oh, I, I got proof. We sit up and just cry about anything. <laughs> Two time college graduate. <laughs> I got proof. But 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 the point is. Um, at some point, it has to be about more than just this money. Um, but I really think that we're so far gone. It really doesn't matter what the white owners do. The players will never stand in solidarity because, again, until it affects you directly, you don't care. Like, right. we don't see ourselves as a community. Like, we talk about the black community, but are we really a community? We don't see ourselves as a nah. community. We don't see ourselves nah. as like, we don't care about our, our fellow person, our, our brothers. Like, we just don't, like. And so until we start to like you know feel empathy and feel pain when something happens to someone else, um, it'll, it'll, it won't matter. Like it just what won't matter. I don't think there's anything of, at this point they couldn't do. What is happening too is we get so lost in, in the news cycle because it just everything becomes so normal to us. I guess in a sense where this will be this will be a thing for a couple weeks. And then it'll blow over, and everyone will forget it until the NFL season happens. And then we'll, and the first time something happens, we'll come back to it and say, "Well, you don't respect us, but you guys didn't stand up in the beginning from day one. What you allow now, they'll start taking. They'll take a little bit more, and a little bit more, and a little bit more. And this is at this point, it's like now you're you've taken everything. This is the final blow. Are you willing to take it, or are you willing to just stand up and uh, and fight for what you get?" Because at this point, you don't have any black owners. You don't have any black. You hardly have any black GMs in the in the NFL or or executives or coaches. You, I mean, it's very rare. The NFL just, is just the talent. Let's be, let's be real. If we're going to be very, very, very honest, the NFL is is a part of the is a good old boy network. I mean, it is really what it is. They take care of their own. Yeah. 
No, and, and that'll know, make great it's crazy point. because Jimmy already made a point. Crazy kind of. I was about to read Skyview's thing. He said, um, "There will be no change until the players agree in solidarity," which unfortunately may mean strike. And Jimmy already said, like you know, it's just not gonna. We're not gonna see that. <laughs> yeah, like for me, um, I just want to say that <laughs> that is interesting because like this whole thing, you know. It made me reevaluate. People say, don't you miss football? I said, the funny thing about all this, what this has really done for me is it's made me – it's a combination of things. It's this plus this past season. It's made me fall in love with my first to begin with anyway. Now I'm so far in on the NBA that I really don't miss it. Um, you can come on NBA, down to college football. Outside, we don't have these issues yet. I mean, y'all got mm-hmm. y'all got all kinds of other issues. Y'all been running some papers since the But what I'm saying is, I really don't because my love, my love of ba- my first love is basketball anyway. So for me, and the fact that the NBA had a great season at the right time, I don't know, like you know, whether that's just like fate or fate because I think that this season has been the best season in, in years. Um, and I'm like all in, all in. So I really don't miss it, and it just it's, it's crazy, right? Because I'm in Philadelphia. It's funny because I saw some people who, you know, didn't give it up last year. They're, I'm giving it up. And I'm like, oh, this really pissed you off? Like, well, the Eagles also won songs no more. I wonder who said that one. It ain't going to happen again. That wasn't so. Dev. No, that wasn't Dev. That wasn't Dev. No, no. I was like, like, another person I, I'm thinking of, but um, – uh, carry oh, yeah, I mean, maybe, 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 but like, it, it was just funny to hear that. Like, well, the Eagles won now, so I, I wasn't keeping my whole life for that. So now, if the NFL, I'm like, oh, okay, I see. But um, the fact that the Eagles uh, had won, having, having this conversation over the last few days, like when you bring up the NBA, um, people have countered by saying, well, the NBA always had this rule. They always they make you come out for the for the national anthem, blah blah blah. But I'm like, okay, regardless of that fact they weren't making you come out for the national anthem to combat against some protests, you know, when you were concerned about your people. So their rule, for whatever reason it may be, it wasn't because we were kneeling in the NBA because black people were getting shot in the streets, and then they went and made this rule. So, you know, there's a little bit of difference there. Okay, they already have the rule. And when the NBA when NBA players actually showed some kind of solidarity, whether it was Trayvon right. Martin or they whatever it was, kind of the NBA didn't the NBA didn't have any pushback. They actually joined in and had uh, had the WNBA as well join in. I mean, there were initiatives right. done for that. So, I mean, basically, no, I mean, and Adam Silver, like the NBA. he looks like a really nice, likable dude. He looked a little creepy, but like you know. You should probably keep him away from schools and playgrounds, but he looked like a, a, a cool cat. So he he seems like the type of dude that wants to be on the right side of history at all times. So he he can he can They're look. Ta- the NBA is <laughs> doing a very good job of taking advantage of the NFL's mistakes. Just be exactly. Yeah, They're doing I, I a great job at using the NFL as a case study on what not to do to sink your league. But <laughs> even if it's a couple and things, I'm, right? It's a couple – like, they have they have a, trip, a a lot of great young talent that came into the league at the time. I think Adam Silver himself has done a tremendous job. Like, I listened to him speak. Um, uh, our brother Corey that was telling me, he's like, yo, go look up Adam Silver speak about the future of the league and, like, esports. And I heard him speak about it, and, like, I was blown away about how forward-thinking that he, that he is. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, now I can see why David Stern picked this guy because – 
Like, we're in season 2018. Adam Silver right now is making a chance for, like, 2028. Like, he's somewhere else right now um, in terms of where he sees this game. So they have done a tremendous job. But the NBA has, like, culturally always been a little bit different, even in terms of how they embrace social media. Um, instead of, like, you know, trying to, like, uh, block things. Ban the players. Or, or yeah. ban players from Making using players it. They embrace it and it. use it yeah. to kind of make it part of their game <laughs> in terms of their game <laughs> tags. Like you, the NBA put out a lot of people in the early 80s and late 70s. I mean, it went to a lot. I no, no, the went to a lot. with the clothing. When I remember back in the early 2000s when um, they started making players wear suits on the sideline. The NBA, in the beginning, was a little bit of pushback, but then they then the players started making it their own thing, and then the NBA it. embraced it. So. I think they embrace so, yeah. it a little too and, much and, now. And I, I mean, I still don't agree with that whole just <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, just, like, just a little bit. But you got to let dudes be them, even if, you know. That was a lot of Even if it is a little bit off. Like, yeah, that, that wasn't involved a good in that look too. for them. Yeah, that wasn't a good look for the NBA, that whole, you know, because they didn't want dudes looking, quote, unquote, hip-hop. Hey, you're embracing the players. I mean, that's what they are. Generation, you have to embrace what they are and what they come what they come from, you know? People like, I mean, yeah, like, I, I think they learn their lessons. Killers, I'm like, I used to have people like, thugs and killers. I'm like, what does a thug and look like? I mean, I John Gotti called 45 bodies, and he wore Taylor May suits every day. But, I mean, if he looked like a thug or a killer, like, what's a thug or a killer look like? Say yeah. what you really mean. They, just say just say it. You don't want a bunch of birdies from above the rim. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, they they combated that. But I see, I see why they picked Adam Silver. And like you hear a lot of the say good things about him, and I thought they were just like, you know, that was their daddy. But now, like when you watch him speak and talk about the league and where he wants to take it, you're like, okay, this boy actually has a vision for the league, and you know, Goodell just seems like he, Goodell seems like he's just um trying to protect uh-huh. what they built. Fred sound like he's picking up a dog from a pound or something. But uh, <laughs> hey, what's going on back there, Fred? <laughs> free, free Fred's right, dog, man. We, let him, let him, let him be free, man. But um, <laughs> we got um, <laughs> he's a got my dog agreeing on the line. That's all that is. Let's go to the homie Nods down in the great state of GA. I know Nods got Nige some thoughts, boy. Over, brother. I know you got something to say. <laughs> hey, hey. Yeah, man. What up, man? What up? I'm glad y'all aired you out, man. (laughs) What's your your thoughts on this NFL policy? They really had the gumption to do this. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we're really not surprised. I think we we do have a segment of our society to where we talk about, you know, call them regressive or whatever. But it seems like they're still battling the, the taking on the fights from the 90s. So, like, I hate the NBA guy who comes with the critiques of the NBA. Like, that mentality is still there, and, you know, their, their idea about police brutality and all this is, okay, well, what did he do? Well, why did that happen? You know, always the, the, the whataboutism because they can't take on the weight of, okay, this country is built in a certain way and it operates in a certain fashion, and in order to continue that way, certain norms have to be held. So in their mind, going against those norms uh, is not only, you know, you're going against the country, but you're not a patriot and you should leave. So, you know, it's not surprising that they would take this stance. I think the ownership, most of them agree with those people who think in that way. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, to flip it to the NBA, like you said, the players had a say in, in what they did with the flag. 
And I think if you look at that and the suits when they made people dress up, those things were things done for business reasons. Hey, this is going to bring us more money. We're going to look a certain way. And, you know, as good as Adam Silver is, we do have to say the incentives kind of drive the way that he conducts himself. Most NBA players are young, uh, a little bit to the left, plus you got the minority population that always has messed with the NBA. So, you know, it's it's in his interest to do so. You know what I mean? You've got to have that commissioner. Uh, you swap him and Goodell, they probably act in different ways based on the money. So I, I think we got to get away from calling those two bad guys and look more at ownership and, and the things that mm-hmm. they believe and, and, and want to enforce. Uh-huh. But this is a fight for dignity, though, man. I think the players do have some room on this, though, because they know – 45 is going to use this as a political, you know, flashpoint. They can figure out different ways to protest, like individually. Like you said, solidarity would be much better because then they would actually have power and they could make the ownership uh, kind of bend more. But they could do sporadic things that that's, that are going to cause some problems and, you know, media firestorms, so to say. So they still have some, some room to do things. But at, at a certain point, man, it's only so much we can expect from athletes. These are not the, the, the people who grew up with, like, Paul Robeson and these people who had a certain community that they grew up in and a certain ideology and a certain background to really go hard. So I, I, I think we're putting too much of a burden on them uh, to kind of win this fight. I think this is more to actually win this fight. I think it's more of black people taking their cool away from the NFL. Uh, David Dennis, I don't know if y'all wrote, uh, read that article he wrote last year where he talked about sports leagues who – try to go too mainstream and lose their edge, eventually they start losing popularity and the young crowd, kind of like what baseball is going through. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. the old unwritten rules and, you know, all of that, all of that nonsense. And what at least, uh, you know, at least unpopularity. So I think the NFL is definitely on the wrong track and it's going to end badly, but this fight ain't going nowhere. This fight is just in this particular arena right now. But this fight is not going anywhere. The people who've decided they are the real Americans and the rest of us are only Americans, uh, I guess, as we, yeah, as, stipulations as we on show being ourselves American. to prove it. Right, right, right. And so, I know, yeah, looking at it from the NFL perspective, I know they feel like straight that they've become the poster children of this whole movement with the police brutality and all that kind of stuff. Like, I know that they hate that. But we talk about it all the time, man. You just you just want to be on the right side of history, and and like Nas just made the point, like you got to stay fresh because the young people are always going to be the ones that drive your league. You know what I'm saying? People get old and die. It's going it refreshes all the time, so you have to stay refreshed with the population of people. So it's, it's yeah, and I think I think NFL owners think like. Uh, mom and pops they think like small business owners they look at the nation as you know that's their store they want to run this nation but i think the nba has a more global vision and you know with that new gambling thing going on i don't think we're really even you know i mean i don't even think we're really even quantifying how much is going to roll in from some of these uh markets when we start talking about global betting the markets in china the markets in europe where people have been sports gambling for a long time and now you're going to have American outlets that are going to allow them to make bets. I'm sure the NBA is going to partner with certain groups or whatever, yeah, kind of make it easier to click with them. Hockey, yeah, right. we, we, we're going to see a huge influx of hockey right now with that. If you look at how this mm. new the new expansion team out in Las Vegas, they know everybody took bets out on them just on a whim because we know and we have those people that say 
we're just going to take a bet on an underdog team that has no chance and on the off chance that it works, I'm going to make a big profit. Well, they right, right. That's about because that rich at this people, point right now. That's because rich people bet on every team before the season starts. <laughs> Somebody got to hit, right? <laughs> Yeah, like I've seen, I've like I've been in Vegas prior to right. (laughs) I've been in Vegas like during the summertime, watching people in the sports book bet on every NFL team to win the Super Bowl. I've seen it. Somebody got a hit, right? (laughs) And if if somebody has your head to win even more money, so you know me. I I just just want to say twenty dollars. I got to put my bet on one team. (laughs) I just want to say, Naj, Naj, you made an amazing point about. in terms of where things are going and the NFL not really uh, looking, playing the long game, I guess is, is a term I want to say, playing the long game. Because we, I, there was a when boxing was the number one sport in the country. And, right. you know, it didn't, it didn't do enough to uh, cater to, to a younger demographic. And so other sports come in and it's just, I mean, the time horse racing was the number one sport in, in the country. Right. Um, Baseball. <laughs> And for, a lot of, uh, for a lot of different reasons, baseball, we can go on. Like, So people think that because you're the dominant sport right now that you'll always be, and that's just not the case. Um, that's not true. Is yeah. this going on? It's, it's, baseball it's the whole thing with concussions and CTE. from 130 years ago, Jim. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it, it's like, you know, the, and it's kind of what the point I was trying to make is the NFL, instead of like trying to be forward thinking, they're trying to protect what they already have. But there's a lot of other issues going on with football right now that affect how this game is viewed, like, you know, um, anyway, with the whole CTE thing. I mean, when you want to think about right. this, right, they had information um, that the players were damaging themselves, and, they, you know, they had this information for a long time, and they got sued and they paid out for it or whatever. They didn't act on it at all for years. Um, they acted on this flag real fast, though. Uh, yeah, well, then add opioids to that, though. Right, but then add opioids to that. We got a, you know, we got a serious mm-hmm. opioid problem in this country, and if you look at the NFL, you know, that would be the place where opioid abuse has been rampant and encouraged by the people who run the mm-hmm. team positions mm-hmm. and everything else. But, but you know, kind of, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, y'all. Kind of speaking to your point you just made, though, man, uh, just just think about this. Their biggest problem is not only the hypocrisy, it's that their position, it, it doesn't mean anything. Your position is heavy-handed, and there's nothing really you can stand on. If they said, look, this is, this is what we're doing, if you want to kneel or whatever, that's your business, and you get booed, they would actually uh, create more excitement and more, uh, I, I would think, I would think, uh, I guess you could say more of a spectacle for the league. Because then you're saying, absolutely, this is America. You have people, you're you have people to, watching just to, to see, like, I want to see. Yeah. Because right. you're, gonna, you're, you're gonna free to do what you want to do. Yeah. Right. You're free to do what you want to do, but you're going to eat this backlash as well. Because let's be honest about this. These people who are so-called uh, outraged about these things, these are the people who won't leave the TV before the anthem is over because they want to see who stands or, or who kneels so they can immediately get on social media and start talking trash about that player. So it's not like they're looking yeah. away from this. They want to see the person who they can be mad at and get on Twitter and call him a POS and all those other little – you know how they talk. But, uh, you, you yeah, know, because the, I, guess, know, dad, I, guess, Twitter. I guess the NFL, NFL doesn't understand <laughs> in 2018 all attention is good attention, right? So even if you have people watching just to cuss out players, that's going to do something for your, for, for your brand as, an, as the NFL because it's going to build narrative. You have guys who are bad guys. Um, 
it'll, you know, to become like WWE. At the end of the day, that'll be good for your sport. Um, and it's interesting, right? So, so if you guys ever spend time talking to younger kids, um, you and you get their from the NFL, like their kids, I, I speak with at their age. I was an NFL fanatic, and they talk about it like it's crazy. Like, why would anyone want to play football? Who sit there and like run each other and bang your heads up? Like, younger the younger generation doesn't look at football the way that we did. Don't. I mean, I guess you live in Florida or Texas, put, maybe. Put, put you generation Y in an but... Oklahoma drill and see how many kids quit that week. Like, what? We're doing what? <laughs> like, <laughs> nah, bro, I'm not doing and, that. And I can attest to that because I'm at – see, and I have a little bit more of a perspective on it, too, Jimmy, because I'm a teacher and I used to coach football at the high school level. So seeing and you're how – the... Exactly. Exactly. And just seeing – talking to parents and hearing how moms say – I don't want my my son playing football. I'd rather them play baseball. I'd rather them run track. I'd rather them play basketball. Yeah, so indeed, I, indeed. I I think they have a lot of other issues that are manifesting. So like maybe that may, maybe they do know, and maybe this is why they try to make as much bank as possible now because they know they're in trouble long term anyway. Yeah, and, and and you brought up the boxing analogy earlier. Think about it. Boxing started to lose because they weren't drawing from that huge talent pool that they used to. Now guys can fight to the damn near 45 because it's not the same, you know, competition there. If you With football, what you're just talking about, them losing some people as far as in the youth uh, league, now you're depleting your talent pool, and the people you're going to be dependent on to draw from are the people you are insulting on the daily right now. And what you've yep. done to Colin Kaepernick made him a, a historic figure now. Uh, he's not going anywhere. And when you see nope. Colin Kaepernick speaking well and, and still able to have all his faculties, and we see some all-pro former MVP guy really struggling with the things that have happened to football, how is that dynamic going to look? So, yeah, there, there's a lot yeah. here, but I, I know I ran up a bunch of time, man. As usual, man, y'all banging no, it great out. great stuff, so. though. All right, no doubt, man. Great Thanks stuff, for your call as point. usual, man. You know, we appreciate it. Great point. Good. All right, so – um. Yeah, man, that's that's a topic that we're gonna be talking on for a long time, man. Because I want to see um, what the players' response is gonna be. We haven't heard from too many people. I want to hear what the players' association's response is gonna be. Um, I hear that the the homie George Atala is gearing up for something. De Maurice Smith made a uh, he made a, a quick statement. Um, so I want to see what they're going to say. You know, they, they, they're they saying stuff, but I want to see what the, the push is going to be, what the pushback is going to be from this. So we'll uh, definitely stay tuned for that. Fred, you're welcome to stay with us if you want. <clears throat> Real sure, quick, before I, we get into this NBA. You guys. Before we get into this uh, NBA, uh, quick stat of the week. Our stat of the week is basically a shout-out to the Las Vegas Knights who will face the Washington Capitals in the upcoming Stanley Cup Finals, but the great part of this story is, if you followed, is this team, is, is it's in its first year of existence. I know Fred mentioned it uh, earlier when we were talking about uh, the, the last story. But, yeah, a franchise in its first year in existence has made it to the championship round. So the story would be a great one, you know, if they could finish this off. I have a feeling, because I do live in the Washington area, and the Washington Capitals are known to be 
major choke artists. But I think the Washington Capitals have basically passed all of the tests um, that came up that are kind of indicative that they usually choke. Uh, The main test is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, And then in this situation with the Tampa Bay Lightning, they got a lead in the series and ended up getting down 3-2, but uh, ended up winning the last two games to win the series. I think their test might be passed. So even though the, the Las Vegas Knights would be a great story if they could finish this thing off, I think I'm going to have to go with the, the Washington Capitals in six. But I would love to see uh, Vegas finish this story off. But shout out to them, man. What are the odds? Or, or they just, or or they plan on just choking on the biggest stage. They're like, look, you know, we we yeah, let's yeah, choke on the choking stage this time. <laughs> we choke it. We choke in, in stages. We we used to choke early first round because you know they're like the regular season team. Like they're always great in the regular season. They're always supposed to win. It's not so just the, that. So you're it's saying not just the, the Capitals, the, it's the Nationals the as well. The Colts yeah. Are the Colts in the NHL? Yeah. The Colts. Yeah. The Colts won one. <laughs> Got to a few, but they they won one. I guess. They'll definitely yeah. be the coach of the NHL if they finish off Vegas and, and win the Stanley Cup. Then we can definitely call them that. Like y'all didn't choke for years and then finally got through. Um, God knows this area needs a winner. And if they're going to have one, it could be the one that I care about the least. That will be cool. You know, if the Washington <laughs> professional football team won, I would probably have to move. So, you know, if somebody has to get one, let it be. <laughs> I used to feel that way about the Nationals, but they've gotten so cocky because the Nationals win 9,500 games every year, and then they choke. They've gotten so cocky around here as, as a baseball fan base, and this team wasn't even here for long. Like, you kind of don't want to see them win either. So if anybody's going to do it, and I'll be okay with it and won't have to move, it'll be the Capitals. So shout out to the Stanley Cup Finals that will start this week. All right. So as usual, and we got a few more callers on the line that we will get to. Um, y'all can check out our website, worldroomsports.com. If you want to call in and speak with us about any of today's topics, mainly some NBA stuff, we're going to talk about these all NBA teams. You can dial the digital extreme tech hotline numbers three, two, three, four, one, zero, 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 one, two, press one when prompted. If you're already listening from your phone, press one. If you want to talk and this NBA wrap is brought to you by digital extreme Technologies. Do you or your business need a custom website? Excuse me. If you do, if you need dynamic, professional, and most of all, affordable custom website solutions, you need digital extreme technology. No need to break the bank for an effective online presence, top quality, results-driven websites, and incredibly affordable prices. And yes, financing options are available, so you have no excuse to have a cheap-ass looking website where you can make payments on a nice looking website. Um, visit digitalextremetech.com or call 267-205-4203. And for discounted rates, be sure to tell them that the generals over at War Room Sports sent you on by. All right. We know that the conference finals are going on in the NBA. Uh, we have a knotted up series, 2-2 in the Western Conference between Houston and Golden State. And we have Cleveland on the ropes. They're down 3-2 to the Boston Celtics with game six coming up in Cleveland. We'll talk about those in, 
in a few minutes, you know, before we get off the air, just to see how you guys are thinking and, you know, if your picks have changed or what you think is going to happen from this point on. But I want to talk to you guys about the All-NBA teams that have been named. Of course, the individual awards are going to wait for the, for the NBA awards show after the finals. But the All-NBA teams have come out. And let's start with the NBA All-Rookie team. And I'm salty because I don't have the joint up, but here it is. All right, so well, first we know team, who it is, though. Yeah, yeah, we know who it is. First team All-Rookie is uh, Donovan Mitchell, Ben Simmons, uh, Laurie Markkinen, Jason Tatum, and, and the Kang. Not the king, the Kang. LeBron is the king, but Kyle Kuzma is the Kang. D A space K A N G. So that's your that's your first team all rookie. And then your second team is Lonzo Ball, uh Boyan Bogdanovich, John Collins from the Hawks. You gotta say where he's from because don't nobody know anybody from the Hawks. Josh Jackson and Dennis Smith Jr. So do you think the do you guys think they got it right on the rookie teams or should anybody be swapping from the first team to the second team? Or did they get this one pretty much correct? Um I mean they pretty much got it. I I really don't have too many complaints. Like <clears throat> when you look at look at like, you know, first, second team or whatever. I, I mean I really don't have too many complaints. I mean Yeah. No, yeah. Josh, no I, I, I was gonna make, I was gonna, I was gonna I was gonna make us something up, but I really don't. I really don't have no in terms of uh, I really don't. I, I would say Josh Jackson and Jason Tatum were basically the same dude statistically, but that's kind of a no-brainer because Jason Tatum, in a starting role, maybe he didn't become like that dude until the playoffs, which is a great time to become it. But these are regular season awards, and. You know, in a starting role, he was on a team that was the second seed in the uh, Eastern Conference. So even if they're alike statistically, you got to give that nod to Tatum over Josh Jackson. Um, even though I will say it as many times as I have to, Josh Jackson is who uh, your man <laughs> Danny Ainge wanted anyway. I'm going to say it every time yeah. his name comes up. I'm a hater. <laughs> I'm a hater by nature, though. Just you know, you, you're, you're a Philly person, a Sixers fan. You're supposed to hate everything Boston says. So I'm a hate on Danny Ainge, and you know they keep calling him a genius for this Tatum pickup. And I'm gonna assure y'all that Tatum is not the guy he, he wants. But, but he's looking, you know, like that dude now. So no, I, so I, I he lucked up. He lucked up. That's what you're As saying. well, like you got somebody hey, like so, Dennis sometimes, Smith. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than to be good. Lucky than good. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot, most of the time it's better to be lucky than good. But no, I, I yeah, agree with you. I, I think I think pretty much got it right. Um, for as much flack as Lonzo Ball took over the course of the season, um, I think he 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 definitely deserves to be on this All Rookie Team um, because the only thing when you think about it that the only thing that he did, well, the only thing that he didn't do that he may have been expected to do is score more points, and that's because he had problems with his shot throughout the whole season. But he averaged 10 points a game, 7.2 assists, and 6.9 rebounds, and one point, uh, 
seven steals per game. If you looked at Lonzo Ball, especially as a rookie, and you just looked at his numbers, you would think this was somebody who had a great rookie season. But because of his dad and everything that happened before he stepped foot on the court, his right, he was him. scrutinized. It's it's his, it's right, his dad. He was scrutinized like he was LeBron James coming into the league or something like that. But he had a very That's what nice happens when, you're, when your dad makes everybody want to come for your head. <laughs> everybody wants to go at this dude because of his dad. Compl- well, I mean, you that's think about it, Fred. If you're going to, like, you can't knock Lonzo and then praise Ben because both of the point guards on the all-rookie teams, first and second, had basically the same problem. I mean, Lonzo didn't lack for confidence. He shot his broke-ass Jay. Um <laughs> uh, ben Simmons basically stays in his lane, and he's not shooting his broke ass Jay. Like I, I always correct people. They talk about him being like 0 for 11 on three pointers during the regular season. Ben Simmons didn't take any traditional three pointers during the regular season. All 11 of those shots were full court heave at the end of quarter. He did not attempt <laughs> one three right, point shot yeah. during the season. But technically, that's a three point shot, so they have to say it. But the people who don't watch the game Man. think that he tried right. to launch from the line and he never did. He right. stays in his lane. Numbers lie. Exactly. I, I totally respect Ben Simmons because Stand we have this lane. thing in society where, where we don't want people to stay in their lane, man. And, and the guy on the bar told you, man, <laughs> right. stay in your lane, man. Listen, this, this goes beyond sports. When you hear like an, um, an entertainer, whether it's an actor, whether it's a rapper, a singer, whatever it may be, and what happens is they try something different, and we say, "Oh, that's trash. Why don't you just give me what you've been doing, right?" So, but but if they give, if they give you what you've been doing, we say, "You don't even try nothing different. You do the same thing. I can expect the stuff. same thing from yeah. Thomas. You can't. Yeah, you can't win, man. So, yeah, you can't. So much, if you, just stay in your lane. If you just stay. In and your another lane, thing is this. Listen, man. Another thing is this, Jim. People talk about Ben Simmons like they don't even try to shoot, man. Shoot some J's. Like they 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 complain about that. But then you smash but Lonzo if he's, Ball if he's for not staying in his lane and shooting a bunch of broke ass shots. Like make up yeah, your mind. Yeah, you can't. Yo, and on the, you can't the same time, with that, with that, with that, if he's bricking every one of them, you're gonna say, well, he shouldn't shoot because yeah, probably he say, yeah. he's bricking everything. You're gonna say what you say about Lonzo. He's, man. he's Stop shooting, man. Stop shooting that bullshit. Listen, man. <laughs> Denzel played the same character for thirty years, man. Right? He'll never, he'll never leave his lane. Um, whether he's Malcolm, whether 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 he's whether Denzel he's one of our great black leaders, yo, whether he's our great black leaders playing Malcolm X or he's Lucas, the notorious drug dealer, he's acting the same person. But the same thing cool is, dude. he, he does the same He stayed in his lane. He stays in his lane, but he's great at it. So the Ben Simmons. Don't let people force you in the front of a bunch of shots that you can't make. Now, if you decide to work on your game and it becomes part of your game, that's beautiful. But if it's still broke, stay in your lane, man. Listen, we got to and, and do what he's been lane, doing because I I know for a fact that he shoots a lot of jump shots. You know, pre-game, you know, workout not the not just the warm up like the pre pre-game like before most of the fans get there and. No, at I the wanna, practice field. He shoots and makes a lot of jump shots, but he knows mm-hmm. in, a, in an up-tempo game situation, he still knows his shot is too broke to be doing that. So I can appreciate somebody so my who works on their weaknesses guys, in yeah. private instead of on the stage where I'm going to curse at you because you keep missing shots. So 
My question <laughs> to you guys is this, this: because of the the way the NBA has become, and we all believe, everyone believes the three ball is the end all be all. If he never developed that jump shot, so because he's like a not a knockdown three point shooter, will we will we hold mm-hmm. that against him like we hold it against a guy like a LeBron who just never he even we see LeBron he wants to shoot threes he tries to shoot threes but it's just one of those things at some point you are what you are and you're not a three point shooter. No, LeBron, I mean LeBron LeBron, LeBron has greatly improved his shot though. Right, he can get hot. No, but I, I don't think – I yeah. think if Ben Simmons keeps giving to the game in other ways, of course, you're still going to have the people out there that's going to talk about it. But, you, you know, know, if you can become a, a – a not even – Rondo never developed a, a J. He's not the same person, but he was able to be on a team where he could win as the, you know, the lead guard on that team. But if he could become a Jason Kidd. Like, Jason Kidd went from no J to – I don't even know if he still holds the record, but – basically making like the most like top three like in three pointers in history. Not percentage. Yeah, but, but in the number that he made. Like I don't even need him to shoot to me that about, many, but enough to keep the thing to me about out. the NBA is um and it's Fred to the point you said because it's becoming about the three ball. It, it definitely is. But everything in the NBA goes in like, you know, um cycles where it's about a fast pace, uh, you know, long shot games and it like goes into a cycle about uh Paul's pounding in the inside. Um but the thing is, if your game isn't suited to that, you can't force it. Um, you got to let things exactly. come to you, meaning that the whole league might be around shooting threes, but the Sixers find a way to build. Because the thing is, you can build around what you have. Like the great coaches, and I'm not saying the Sixers have a great coach, that's yet to be seen, but great coaches <gasps> find a way to build around what they have. Uh, you know, it, I mean, just, just to give an example, um, if you look at your coach, right, uh, you know, I'll give your coach credit right now. Um, and, Eric and he, I'm not even talking about Eric Spoelstra. I apologize. I'm talking about your, your coach on the Patriots, um, Belichick. Oh, what I respect Bill. about him is what I respect about him is he has a system, but his system is fluid. You see, some coaches, and this goes across sports, which is why I'm using him as an example. They have their system, and you either get into their system, or you just like you just can't. I mean, shout out to Andy Reid. Andy Reid has a system, and you got to just plug into his system and play it. Where Belichick is yeah. more fluid, meaning that they've won multiple championships and they've won them in different ways. I mean, always to come down to a field yeah. goal because yeah. you know, they've done they've they've had strengths whether it be defense, whether it be the pass game, whatever it may be, because he finds yeah. a way to Agreed. like you know kind of be fluid with it. Well, not the reason I'm saying that is going back to the Sixers is if Ben really develops, that's up to the GM and the coaches to try to find a way to use his strong suits because he's and everybody else pretty much and everything else, how to surround him with talent. And they kind of did that this season when they put all those Euro shooters out there that was knocking down. Like, oh, yeah. And for a run, he was the best player in the league. But, you know, yeah, at the end kind of, the of day, backfired a, a little bit under playoff pressure because all of those, none of those Euro mm-hmm. shooters can handle the rock. So when the and pressure exactly. got high now, and Ben wasn't but now you see that, or he was out of the game, yeah. he had nobody who could handle besides T.J. McConnell. And, and you see that and you make adjustments because the one thing about the way the Sixers run out, which I think people will like forget is, you know, they are a young team. People are like, oh, the Sixers. And it's kind of because the Celtics are a young team too. So it's like, well, they could do it. But they can do it. Why but, can't we? Yeah. Not yeah, every possibly, team but the same. The same. Not yeah, every team exactly. And this is right. exactly the case. Like, so let them grow and let's see what happens long term. But, I, I would like to see him develop that shot because it will make him that much better a player and it will yeah. also make the team that much more dangerous. 
But if he doesn't become like that knockdown shooter, I also have no problem with him staying in his lane and dominating in, in, in ways that other players don't even have the ability to. That's the thing. I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't even expect him to ever become a knockdown shooter. What I expect is just to be able to hit something Can enough to, to make the defense a little bit more honest. That's all I'm asking for. You know what I'm saying? And even when he does that, I don't want him back there launching threes just because he can. Use it <laughs> yeah. when you need to use it. Be smart. You, know, you don't want you know to be Rondo. That's the funny thing about watching Rondo play. When you watch Rondo play, they sag off him so far. And I so know uh, yeah. B-Offen's not here, but B-Offen thought that <laughs> was a great thing when the Lakers played them. And Kobe, yeah. Kobe was like in the foul line, like all like <laughs> in, in the paint. Like, go ahead and shoot. I'm Rondo. Yeah, I'm mad Kobe, disrespectful. Man. I thought that was one of the most disrespectful things in no. the world, and they would just oh, literally God. back off of him like he was. <laughs> now, now I know, crashed. I know, I don't, I don't know how much of college basketball you guys watch, but uh, Scott, you in the chat room has a point. He says, um, "This new crop of rookies coming in, Aiton, Bagley, and Bamba. A lot of those are like um, low post back to the basket players." So he said he can also see mm-hmm. a time when it kind of shifts back. But that's I, I hope so. I was going to turn them up. They're going to turn them out. I was, I was, <laughs> They're going to be bust. I was going to bring that up to you because I, that was my next point because at the end of the day, will this, will this league get back to the point of the big man being the, the more dominant player versus well, everything the in life Steph Curry type cyclical. player? Everything in life pretty much is cyclical. I just think the NBA just hasn't been around enough for us to see this particular cycle. So, yeah, maybe, but we might be dead by the time. Maybe, but, you know, yeah, here's the thing, though. I think that it possibly will, but I think it will be a variation of what it was before. I don't think we'll ever see Patrick. It might take two-point basketball. Will you just throw the ball into the post and get out the way and let them make it? I don't know. It might might come a time where you're not even allowed allowed inside the three-point line. Like, you go in there, that's that's an illegal offense, illegal defense. Will the traditional NBA center be more embeatish or – um, Demarcus Cousins, like where they can step out a little bit, I they think, can do a little I bit think, of both. But that's but see, that's what, and that's what I'm now, saying. Man. That's what I'm saying, Fred. That's what I'm saying. I think it'll be a, a kind of a hybrid because I don't think we'll ever see Wilt Chamberlain, Shaquille O'Neal, Hakeem Olajuwon, where you just throw it into the post and get out the way. I don't think we'll ever see that work. again because the fact that some of the these seven footers can do now, guys couldn't even do back then. It's like yeah. Exactly, and and I, I think, but it was unheard of for them to even like that. Like they thought, they thought take a um, jumper, just take a jumper. They thought Ralph yeah. Sampson was a unicorn because he could, yeah, dribble. yeah, yeah, he could shoot. And, and but he coaches, was, he was like one of the first guys who was like seven foot. Yo, they didn't. Yeah, that's the point. That back in the day when Ralph Sampson, at seven foot tall, could handle so, the ball, and all those things, <laughs> coaches didn't even allow him to. They said, "What are you doing? Just like what are you doing? Think about putting put, putting a guy like a Porzingis back then." You wouldn't know what to do with him because he does his skill well, set. And he wouldn't even be allowed. He wouldn't even be allowed to do what he can do. Like that had to happen over time. Yeah, but like, it's kind of crazy. And I think that's also. I think that's also why the NBA is seeing a, a quote unquote resurgence. And I know it's not just me because I saw the other day that the ratings are higher than ever um, in terms of this playoffs. This NBA playoffs, like I think they said, the Rockets and um, and Warriors had the highest rating of any Western Conference Finals there is in the history of the game. I, said, I saw that. Wow. Which is crazy. I said, damn. I've fallen, fall, fallen asleep on every game, so I'm glad other people are watching. Yeah, but your hey, count, too. You still had it on and, TV. And with the but, last um, game, <laughs> both, exactly. teams are scoring, both teams are scoring over 100, and both teams, the last game, they scored under 100. 
says a lot too. But I think part of I mean I think part of that is because we're seeing guys like one of the things about sports like you know we can all admit this is it's about seeing people do extraordinary things like you know maybe as we thought we could do we know damn well we can't do. When you see a guy that's seven foot like you know shoot from like Mars or jump over somebody's head <laughs> and dunk, that's one of the reasons we pay to watch the game. And I think mm-hmm. that. NBA is having like this this like surge of uber athleticism and abilities that I don't think we've ever seen. Doesn't mean that the game is necessarily better overall because of the time these guys are. But just are we, we got a player that we haven't seen something from yet. Yeah. So well, IQ might be down a little bit. IQ might be down, but excitement standpoint, when anybody on the floor can dunk on anybody else, it's just it's anybody just, can it's just shoot a three. When anybody so on the floor can be really Okay. <laughs> I think too yeah. because and it's getting, of it's getting weird. The, the, like Lamelo, Lamelo, even though he's not at that level, Lamelo is like like pulling up half court, and it's like no one's even batting the eyes. Like at first it was like what, now it's like because that the fact that too, we've like, at least at some point entertained the idea of a four point shot, and I mean it's unreal. Mm-hmm. I know it'll never it happen, really but. The fact that Shoot, you never know. I don't know more, yo. I, I, I always <laughs> said that, friend, but I'm starting to think, maybe. <laughs> I mean, no, we, we've actually entertained this idea. I mean, and, and guys, and because point guards aren't really point guards anymore, and they're just really good shooters now. But I don't even think see, that, I don't even think positions matter anymore. And it's funny you know, it's it's position, Jalen Rose has this thing. Jalen Jalen Rose has this thing he says where he says positions are for people that like need help following the sport because right. when you're out there playing, yo, you pick up a man, pick up another big guard, pick up a guard, like the whole idea. Yeah. Even Devin mentioned the beginning of the Rockets and Warriors series. He was like, oh, why aren't Chris Paul and Seth guarding each other? They're like they're never guarding each other. Um, they, they both guard yeah, small like, forwards that ain't gonna do nothing. So the idea right. of positions <laughs> don't even really matter anymore. Their positions don't matter. You just got your five out there. But no, Fred, you, you said but, probably not. I I don't know. I'm on the side where I can pretty much guarantee you that there's going to be a shot that's worth more than three points at some point. I don't know if we're going to be around, but I can way, pretty much guarantee yeah. you. You know why? You know why? It's because of what we talk about every day. Regular marginal players are making three-point legends basically. You're gonna, they're going to just vanish them yeah. from, the, from the record book. Like, isn't that going to be anything special? There was a about time when I thought her and I'm anymore. Not the, I'm not the basketball Hodges. head, and you guys are, but <clears throat> I thought there was a time when, I, in my mind, Reggie Miller was one of the greatest three point shooters of all time. That's just me. And Look, now Dale Ellis. We don't think you Steph's don't even think you, like it, it's it's to the point now where Ray Allen isn't even considered even a legit three point shooter now, and it's 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 like Curry's the best shooter ever. Or Clay Thompson's the greatest greatest shooter ever, and they their careers aren't even over yet. Right. Put it, yeah, put it like I mean, this. Put it like this, Fred. The, like with Ray Allen, the last few years of his career, he was starting to be considered by many as the greatest shooter the NBA has ever seen. That didn't even exactly. last until he retired. <laughs> he got that distinction That's for like a year. That's I mean, <laughs> to, to, to kind of to kind of to kind of to kind of like give you the equivalency in your sport, Fred, like. I look, I look a lot of times at statistics, and I see Matthew Stafford up there with names that he belongs nowhere near, like right. his statistics. 
Like he hasn't had right. the success in terms of wins and losses, but Matt, I, 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 sometimes I forget Matthew so Stafford throwing five thousand yards every yeah, season. He, yeah, it's nothing yeah. for a quarterback to throw five thousand yards is normal now. I mean, right. back in the there was a time when yo, Dan shout out to was Donald the only guy head, ever really hit four thousand. Yo, in shout my head, in my head, I'm like four. Matthew Stafford. Yo, in my head, <laughs> like Matthew Stafford's oh, average season, his average season be like five thousand five hundred yards. Yeah, hey, hey, Jimmy, B. Austin not here, so I had to take the shot for him. I had to give Donovan a shout-out for never getting 4,000. Already. I mean, listen, we got already. two more teams to get to, and we got like three minutes. <laughs> Real quick, uh, <laughs> the, the all-defensive team, um, and I'll read both of them. Robert Covington from the 76th. <laughs> um, Anthony Davis from the Pelicans. <laughs> Rudy Gobert. Drew Holiday. Shout-out to him. Victor Oladipo. That's your... First team all defense. Second team, Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, Draymond Green, Al Horford, DeJounte Murray from the Spurs. There's a lot of first-timers on this list. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, that makes me, that makes me kind of happy because it shows that people are really paying attention now instead of just putting dudes on the list who's been on the list before. Like, once you get a reputation yeah. for being a defender, yeah. like, in my opinion, LeBron James is not a five-time like first-team all-defense type dude. Chris, but Chris Paul. LeBron James, he got on it for a couple of years. They were going to keep putting it on, putting them on it. I think they finally got to a point where, like, yo, people are going to see right through us if we keep putting LeBron on because he, he's really not giving that At some point, it, it helps pass the stats for that Hall of Fame speech. Right. I mean, and it's everybody. Like, Kobe Bryant, nine times first team. No, he stopped playing not. defense before nine. <laughs> Maybe seven. <laughs> Maybe six. But he stopped playing defense before nine. But that that reputation gets you there. But it seems like they're paying attention to, to dudes that are doing it. Shout out to Robert, Robert Covington because, to me, he has his moments where you think he belongs on a team like this. But I've seen that dude get torched way too many times, but hey, he on there. Shout out to him. This may help him justify some of that $63 million contract that they gave him. <laughs> and it may it may up Yo. his trade value a little bit, Jimmy. So maybe <laughs> maybe, 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 Kawhi wanna, maybe Kawhi doesn't want that super max from the Spurs. You know, maybe we can throw Covington, Covington wow. into wow. that trade instead Listen. of a Dario. Listen, man, <laughs> Robert Covington is one of these guys who's weird to me because I how like, other GMs, coaches, and players in the league talk about him, and I watch him play, and I don't see it. But sometimes you see that with a player going on both sides. Sometimes guys like the league doesn't seem to appreciate him, but you watch him, and you're like, yo, he can really play, but for some reason he don't get the burn. But he's one of those guys on the other side of that spectrum where his reputation is crazy. Like, you hear like, a player talk about him, you would think that, He's that guy, but I watch him play. Somebody told like, me his, get him off the floor. Somebody told me as a fan, his shot selection is what makes us not want to give him any credit. But no, he actually gets cooked a lot. But there are <laughs> like he's think about a streaky shooter. He's a streaky defender because he'll be in a game and he'll have a stretch where that's the first time I've heard hilarious. That, yeah, that's everything. You've never heard that one, Fred. A streaky defender. <laughs> no, he's a streaky defender. It'll be a stretch of the game where he's getting his hands. On all the loose balls, all that. (laughs) He's he's playing good defense, but then, like, he'll just forget what he's doing. And somebody like who? Somebody from the Heat was cooking him. The uh, the point guard was cooking him. 
Um, oh, Javon Johnson oh, uh, nah, was cooking him. And then Josh everybody they put him on in the Celtics series was cooking him. So it's like, but that's the playoffs. You know what I mean? He played better defense in the regular season, even though I can name some dudes who cooked him in the regular season. But I can see how he got on one of these teams. First team surprised me because I was still so who, if you under the impression, them, like, you got to have a big name to get on that. But like I said, they're, they're taking notice. If you could replace them, who would you replace them with? Being, being the, the resident, you being the resident Philadelphia 76ers fan, who would you hit from that second team? Would you put I don't even Ben Simmons open this can? I put Ben Simmons. didn't even get on the team. I don't even I think Ben Simmons is a better defender than than uh, Covington. Yeah, but but that's, ball, that's on ball defender. That's on ball defender. Covington is a dude like he's always in the passing lane, deflecting balls and stuff like that. So that plays into it as well. Yo, I just want to give a shout out to Victor Oladipo because like my man, it really is like shout out to Bria Miles. Um, because giving him a that's shout out true. gives him a chance to give her a shout out. So I have to give him a shout out just to give her a shout out. But also, this exactly. is like first team all defense, and he stepped the game up offensively. Like my man, literally, like every season is becoming a better player. So I want to get him a well, shout out. Look, this is Vic's and year. I, and he I got, thought he, he got one of the I thickest thought, joints yeah, on the because planet. Because he had a down year, I was like, mm. I've been always yeah. on the fence on him because he'll have a good year and then he'll have a bad year. He'll have a good well, year. Well, we have to kind of like your your streaky Fred. defender. He's a streaky player. Well, I, Right. But what we have to see is if he can sustain it. Yeah, we have true. to see if he can very sustain true. this. But he actually gave Russ a lot of props, though. He's like, when he was there, he wasn't in shape. He said watching Russell Westbrook and his work ethic is a big catalyst for why he had the season he had. I don't know if that's lip service or he's paying true respect and homage, but if you look at him, he definitely, the body was not the same. Last season, as no, no, this definitely, season. definitely. So maybe he definitely. did get that motivation from a dog. But um, and the only <laughs> reason I, the only reason I say that because I remember when he came out of Indiana, they were the comparison was D Wade, and I, I'm not going. Yeah, yeah there's always I gonna be a comparison. And you're a Heat fan, so shout you're not gonna shout, like shout out to Bria though. But Debbie said we got another. But look, we gotta go. We gotta go. So, but I wanna, you know, I wanna keep giving him his props. He got Bria. He got all defensive. Uh, what was that? First team or second team? What did I say? First mm-hmm. team, and he's First all team. NBA third team. Let me read the all NBA teams real quick because we we definitely got to go. First team: Damian Lillard, uh, James Harden, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and Anthony Davis. Second team: Russell Westbrook, uh, Demar Derozan, Giannis, uh, Aldridge, and jo- Joel Embiid. Third team: Steph Curry, Victor Oladipo, Jimmy Butler, Paul George. And Cat from out in Minnesota. Um, Dame is my dude. I don't want y'all to think I'm coming at Dame, but Dame don't belong on that first team over Russell. I people kept saying to me, Jimmy, he did more with less. Oh, if he did more with less, he might have done around the same as far as his team success goes. Statistically, he didn't do more or the same. <laughs> he ain't did nothing so, in the playoffs. Disappeared <laughs> in the playoffs. I, I, I say that should be Russ. Um, Dame kind of cried his way into All-Star game. He kind of cried his way onto this NBA. I, I, he should be an All-NBA player. I just don't know about first team this year. Not first team. But shout out to him. He got what he got. Because we got like We got to go. Yes, sir. Get us out of here, Dad. All right. Well, I think um, – I definitely think uh, – 
I think Cleveland is going is to win the next two and win that series. I still think the Warriors are going to win, but we got to get up out of here. Uh, thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the War Room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room. On Facebook, Twitter, War Room Sports Game Time, on the Group Me app, and all the callers who called in the hollers and couldn't get to you. That's our bad. Special thanks to Fred for joining us for the football talk and staying around for the rest of the show. Tune in next week, live right here or on demand, as we catch you up on everything happening all around the world of sports, including coverage of the NBA Finals. They're going to be here. So until then, enjoy your weekend, enjoy your week. And we'll see you right back here next time. Be sure to catch our conversations on Facebook and Twitter, as well as our blogs, webcasts, and network podcasts on warroomsports.com. Gus Griffin has a piece coming out about the NFL ruling. So uh, stay tuned for that. So until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. And we'll see you chumps on top. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.